It's been over two months since President Biden announced a federal COVID vaccine mandate for private employers. At that time, he directed that Occupational Safety and Health Administration, or OSHA, to draft an emergency temporary standard to that effect. On November 4th, OSHA made the details of the ETS public and the rule went into effect the next day when it was published in the Federal Register. Employers will have 30 to 60 days to comply with its various requirements, but a temporary suspension by the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit will likely complicate that timeline. Despite the court block, which we'll come back to in a moment, HR pros know it's never too early to start preparing. So, in today's episode, I'm going to cover the requirements of OSHA's ETS and help you prepare for this major change. By the end, you'll feel more confident leading your employer's compliance and answering employees' questions. Today we'll discuss the requirements of the federal vaccine mandate, how to comply with the federal vaccine mandate, and how to answer employees' questions about the federal vaccine mandate. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the mandate only applies to private employers with 100 or more employees. However, even if your organization does not qualify, you should still stick around till the end. I can all but guarantee that your coworkers will turn to HR with questions about what's happened and what's ahead. So let's get into it. What HR needs to know about the federal vaccine mandate. On September 9th, in a televised address to the nation, the president outlined several sweeping actions from his administration to better control the pandemic. They included new executive orders and federal regulations to mandate COVID vaccination for large private employers, most federal agencies and government contractors, and all healthcare providers who receive Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement, ultimately affecting over about two-thirds of the workforce. I covered this announcement in an earlier episode. Biden's executive order requiring vaccination for all federal workers and millions of federal contractors went into effect immediately, but private employers have been waiting for almost two months for further clarification from OSHA. Federal contractors should note that on the same day the OSHA rule was released, the White House announced it would extend the executive order compliance deadline to January 4th, 2022 to coincide with OSHA's rule for private employers. Unlike the OSHA ETS, the executive order for federal workers and contractors does not provide for a testing option. Neither does the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers employed by providers receiving Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, also released the details of this mandate on November 4th to coincide with the other January 4th deadlines. However, since OSHA's vaccine mandate for private employers is more far-reaching than the executive order or CMS rule, I'll focus the rest of this episode on those requirements. Essentially, OSHA's ETS requires private employers with 100 or more employees to implement and enforce a policy mandating COVID vaccination or weekly testing and masking for workers who remain unvaccinated. The rule also requires employers to provide at least four hours of paid time off for employees to receive and recover from each dose of the COVID vaccine. Employers are not, however, required to pay for weekly testing or masks for workers who are not fully vaccinated. We'll get into these details, including how to handle exemptions, later in the episode. Many employers near the 100 worker threshold may be wondering, who should I count? 
The ETS clarifies that employers should count workers, regardless of vaccination status, in all locations in which they operate. Part-time employees should also count, but independent contractors should not. Additionally, remote workers and employees who perform their duties exclusively outdoors will count towards the threshold, but do not have to comply with the mandate. Under these guidelines, the vaccine mandate is expected to cover about 80 million employees, but only 2.5% of private employers. Of course, another question many employers have been asking is, how long do I have to comply? Although the rule went into effect November 5th, employers will have 30 days after publication in the Federal Register to comply with most provisions and 60 days to comply with the testing provision. In other words, employers must develop and implement a vaccination or testing policy by December 5th. Starting December 5th, workers who are not fully vaccinated must wear masks, and starting January 4th, 2022, they must provide employers with proof of a negative COVID test on a weekly basis. As I mentioned earlier, this timeline was complicated within days of the announcement when the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit temporarily blocked the ETS on November 6th. With legal challenges pending in several states, a federal appeals court will be chosen by lottery to hear the consolidated cases, at which point the stay could stand or be lifted. In light of this legal challenge, attorneys for national labor law firm Fisher Phillips advise, while OSHA must refrain from enforcing the ETS until the Fifth Circuit says otherwise, this could change in the blink of an eye if a full panel of appeal court judges removes the stay. We advise employers to spend the upcoming weeks preparing for the ETS as if it will take effect, but waiting to implement its measures until the final judicial outcome is certain. With this advice in mind, let's discuss what steps you can take now to prepare for the federal vaccine mandate. How to comply with the federal vaccine mandate. We recently published a practical guide on our blog to how Bernie Portal can help I with vaccine mandate. I suggest you check it out. I'll link to it in the description below. The first step towards compliance is for employers to develop a mandatory vaccination or weekly testing policy for their employees, ready to implement by December 5th in case the court stay is lifted. OSHA leaves many policy details to each employer's discretion, including whether to mandate vaccination for all employees or to give employees a weekly testing option in lieu of vaccination. Bernie Portal's compliance feature is a great tool for uploading company policies and requiring every employee to e-sign their acknowledgement. Your policy should outline what is expected of your employees, how your company plans to enforce this policy, and what the consequences for non-compliance will be. Bernie Portal also allows you to send email reminders to employees who have not yet viewed or signed compliance documents. Once employees have signed the policy, the compliance feature will store them for reference and proof of policy. To help with the actual language, OSHA's website provides downloadable policy templates that HR teams may use for their own organization, one for a testing option policy and one for a vaccination-only policy. I'll link to these in the episode description. In fact, the templates are so detailed that I think it's worth looking at one more closely together. We don't have time to look at both templates, but the testing option policy template covers more ground, so we'll stick with that one. 
Remember, the language in this template is optional so long as the policy meets the minimum requirements we discussed earlier. Let's start with scope, which identifies which employees are covered by the policy. This COVID-19 policy on vaccination, testing, and face covering use implies to all employees of employer name here, except for employees who do not report to a workplace where other individuals, such as coworkers or customers, are present. Employees while working from home and employees who work exclusively outdoors. And then identify specific groups of employees or job categories, if any, that are not covered by this policy because they fall under these exceptions. As I mentioned earlier, remote and outdoor workers should count towards the 100 employee threshold, but they are not required to comply with the mandate. All employees are encouraged to be fully vaccinated. Employees are considered fully vaccinated two weeks after completing primary vaccination with a COVID-19 vaccine with, if applicable, at least the minimum recommended interval between doses. Employees who are not fully vaccinated will be required to provide proof of weekly COVID-19 testing and wear a face covering at the workplace. This explains the timeline OSHA established for compliance, 30 days to develop and implement a policy and 60 days till the weekly testing requirement kicks in. But as I mentioned, the federal court block will almost certainly complicate this timeline. All employees are required to report their vaccination status and, if vaccinated, provide proof of vaccination. Employees must provide truthful and accurate information about their COVID-19 vaccination status and, if not fully vaccinated, their testing results. Employees not in compliance with this policy will be subject to discipline. Here you can insert additional information on potential discipline for workers who do not follow the policy. Two issues I'd like to address here. Number one, as we've explored in a previous episode, employers can legally ask employees about their vaccination status, a simple yes or no, and even require proof. However, any follow-up questions about why or why not can quickly put employers at risk of disability-related inquiries under the Americans with Disability Act, ADA. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has provided guidance on this sensitive issue. And number two, I would caution you to carefully consider how you'll handle employee noncompliance. Even if another federal appeals court lifts the Fifth Circuit stay, how employees are disciplined regarding vaccination policy will likely be the next frontier of litigation. Employees may request an exemption from vaccination requirements, if applicable, if the vaccine is medically contradicted for them or medical necessity requires a delay in vaccination. Employees also may be legally entitled to a reasonable accommodation if they cannot be vaccinated and or wear a face covering as otherwise required by this policy because of a disability or if the provisions in this policy for vaccination and or testing for COVID-19 and or wearing a face covering conflict with a sincerely held religious belief, practice or observance. Requests for exemptions and reasonable accommodations must be initiated by here you can insert relevant instructions. All such requests will be handled in accordance with applicable laws and regulations, and you can insert references here to the employer's applicable policy and procedures. To help you think through ADA considerations, I would highly recommend checking out Bernie Portal's blog articles on the subject. I'll link to them in the description below. The next section of this template, Procedures, gets into the logistics of compliance. Any 
employer name here, employee that chooses to be vaccinated against COVID-19 must be fully vaccinated no longer than date here. Any employee not fully vaccinated by date here will be subject to the regular testing and face covering requirements of this policy. All employees who are not fully vaccinated as of date here will be required to undergo regular COVID-19 testing and wear a face covering when in the workplace. Policies and procedures of testing and face coverings are described in the relevant sections of this policy. Again, I'll mention that the OSHA ETS requires that employers develop and implement a vaccination or testing policy by December 5th, and that the weekly testing requirement be enforced starting January 4th, 2022. All employees, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, must inform, employer name here, of their vaccination status. The following table outlines the requirements for submitting vaccination status documentation. Here, employers can state their own internal deadlines to allowing for processing. OSHA requires employees to collect all information about employee vaccination status by 30 days after publication of the ETS. Within Bernie Portal, each employee has their own personnel file to store important documents. HR can use this feature as a place for employees to upload their vaccination record or testing results. This will help keep a digital trail of each employee's records, which HR can easily access. An employee may take up to four hours of duty time per dose to travel to the vaccination site, receive a vaccination, and return to work. This would mean a maximum of eight hours of duty time for employees receiving two doses. Employees may utilize up to two work days of sick leave immediately following each dose if they have side effects from the COVID-19 vaccination that prevent them from working. Employees who have no sick leave will be granted up to two days of additional sick leave immediately following each dose if necessary. The following procedures apply for requesting and granting duty time to obtain the COVID-19 vaccine or sick leave to recover from the side effects. Here you can describe how an employee should obtain necessary approvals, how they can submit requests, and how leave is being granted, etc. Using Bernie Portal, employees are able to quickly request the day off when they schedule a vaccine appointment, and the text box makes it easy to communicate this with their manager. Bernie Portal's PTO feature also includes a calendar for managers to monitor and prepare for when employees are going to be out of office. Of course, this will impact employers with different paid time off policies in different ways. For example, Organizations that use accrual or allotment strategies will have more logistics to sort out than those with an unlimited PTO approach. For a deeper dive into all things PTO, I would highly recommend Bernie's recent course on the topic. All employees who are not fully vaccinated will be required to comply with this policy for testing. Employees who report to the workplace at least once every seven days. A, must be tested for COVID-19 at least once every seven days and B, must provide documentation of the most recent COVID-19 test results to, supervisor's name here, no later than the seventh day following the date on which the employees last provided a test result. If an employee does not provide documentation of a COVID-19 test result as required by this policy, they will be removed from the workplace until they provide a test result. Employees who have received a positive COVID-19 test or have been diagnosed with COVID-19 by a licensed healthcare provider are not required to undergo COVID-19 testing for 90 days following the date of their positive test or diagnosis. 
OSHA's ETS FAQ page clarifies many of the questions that will inevitably arise from the provision of the mandate. Specifically, what type of COVID tests are acceptable? Under the ETS, a COVID-19 test must be a test for SARS-CoV-2. That is cleared, approved, or authorized by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, to detect current infection with the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Example, a viral test. Administered in accordance with the authorized instructions and not both self-administered and self-read unless observed by the employer or an authorized telehealth proctor. In other words, both PCR and most antigen rapid tests are acceptable, but at-home tests which can be purchased at most pharmacies and grocery stores, must be either administered or read by an authorized telehealth proctor or the employer itself. Remember, the ETS does not require employers to pay for testing, but of course, employers have the discretion to do so. Again, I wanna mention that Bernie Portal's personnel file feature can make it much easier to upload and store documentation like vaccination records and weekly testing results. There's a lot more to unpack in this policy template, such as masking requirements, new hire procedures, and confidentiality implications. But in the interest of time, I'll refer you again to OSHA's comprehensive page covering the vaccine mandate ETS. So how do you handle all the questions that will be coming HR's way? How to answer employees' questions about the federal vaccine mandate. Given the uncertainty brought about by the federal court suspension, I would first recommend preparing for compliance quietly while still acknowledging and addressing employees' concerns. Direct them to OSHA's FAQ page and tell them, we're looking into it and we'll get back to you, at least until a more definitive legal ruling is made. If employees have concerns more specific to their situation or your organization, it's best to insist on an in-person chat or phone call rather than over-explaining in an email. You shouldn't ignore or evade employees' questions, especially considering how important transparency is to retention, even more so on such a sensitive topic. Check out last week's episode for more on workplace transparency. I'll link it in the episode description. But keep in mind that this is a compliance matter, one not necessarily open to each employee's suggestions. Once the time comes, if it comes at all, to implement your vaccination or testing policy, you can solicit feedback from workers on how well it's going. Bernie Portal's performance management feature has a survey tool that's great for gathering this kind of company-wide feedback. As far as the OSHA vaccine mandate and legal challenges go, there's likely more to come in the next few weeks. You can stay up to date with Bernie Portal's blog, your one-stop shop for HR industry news. And as always, remember, your role is as strategic as you make it.